the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today for the Tuesday edition of The Ride Home. You can see by the empty chair there, if uh, you're streaming, which we are right now on Facebook, the Kath has the day off, so I'll be with you here solo throughout the day. So please bear with me. Uh, we uh, had this longer weekend and uh, had a really, really just relaxing time. And I don't know about you, how much you've been out in the world in a large group post-pandemic, right? I mean, I would I would argue, especially here in Western Pennsylvania, that this really is the post-pandemic era that we are, are thriving in right now. And I would say thriving. People are out and about, and they are, for the most part, maskless and pretty much living life like they used to before the pandemic hit 15, 16 months ago. So we went out to uh, Heartwood Acres, and uh, my wife and I and some friends and uh, brought a little picnic lunch. There was music. Uh, it was a gorgeous summer night. And there was there was joy, uh, jubilation, um, almost euphoric in some ways. The people were so excited to be out. And we were packed in. It was close quarters, which made me think about an article that uh, Adam Grant wrote uh, over the weekend in the New York Times. There's a specific kind of joy that we've been missing, he writes. And he says that most people view emotions as existing primarily or even exclusively inside of our heads. That happiness in some ways is considered a state of mind. That melancholy is a potential warning sign of mental illness. But the reality is this, that emotions are inherently social. They're woven through our interactions. This is cool. Researchers have found, people who do the research, have found that people laugh five times as often when they're with others as when they're opposed to being just alone. I mean, that makes sense for a lot of reasons. Even exchanging pleasantries with a stranger on a train is enough to spark joy. Now, that's not to say that you can't find a light in watching a show on Netflix, right? The problem is that binging is an individual pastime. Peak happiness lies mostly in collective activity, all of us together. But last year and as part of this year as well, As lockdown and social distancing became the norm, there were fewer and fewer of those moments. Um, I don't know about you, but to to sort of counteract that feeling of isolation, I started to watch uh, stand-up comedy, laughing along with other people, as this is a way of meaning, uh, grabbing that sort of collective euphoria. So when the pandemic began in 2020, the first negative emotion to spread, of course, was fear. 
Waves of panic crashed through communities, compelling people to purify their packages or their car keys as you came out of the grocery store. Too many people, of course, lost loved ones. Other people lost their jobs. Everybody lost some semblance of that normal life. The number of adults with symptoms of depression or anxiety spiked from 1 in 10 Americans to about 4 in 10. And so when it first became clear that people would be encouraged to stay at home and avoid large crowds, a joke circulated, I'm sure you were part of this, in which introverts declared, I have been preparing for this moment my entire life. (laughs) Now, during the pandemic, it's generally been introverts, not extroverts, who have reported more depression, more anxiety, more stress, more loneliness. Extroverts may seek more connection, but introverts need it as well. They're also energized, extroverts, introverts are, by social interaction. Because in isolation, many introverts may have been surprised to feel forlorn, that they were missing this collective joy. So, we're reopened here in Western Pennsylvania. And that joy, of course, it's going to happen naturally, like it happened for us at Hartwood Acres. There will be fewer Zumbies roaming the Internet in their pajama bottoms, reaching out listlessly through their computer screens. Some of us have already started to feel the thrill of creative collaboration. We're back at work again. It feels good, despite the troubles through the square hole and four pit tunnels. We're back at work. Psychologists find that in cultures where people pursue happiness individually, that they may actually become lonelier. But in cultures where they pursue happiness socially, through connecting, caring, contributing, and most importantly for us, as believers in Jesus, we are worshiping together, people appear to be more likely to gain well-being. So, it comes as somewhat of a surprise to me, and I wonder if you as well, the church attendance, people coming back to church, is down by more than 25%. We are missing more than a quarter of the people that we worshiped with in the past. Something's wrong. Something's not quite right. People are still separated. And why is that, especially in church? You know, the uh, the Declaration of Independence promised that Americans have the unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So, if we want that pursuit to bring us bliss, it may be time to create a declaration of interdependence. You can feel depressed and anxious alone, but it is rare to laugh alone or to love alone, and especially to worship alone. We need to be back. We need each other interdependently, like this, connected, hand in hand, voices raised together, praying together, worshiping together, being together as the church body. Society, of course, we need to be together. But the reason you may be here is because you know and follow Christ in your life. It's one thing to hear a singular voice on the radio. It's quite another to gather on a Sunday morning to be with each other, your church family. We need you. We miss you. We want you to be part of us again. So if you didn't go back to church this past Sunday, go back to church this coming Sunday. It's important. All right, we got a big show for you. We really do, I promise. 
We'll take a quick break. Come back. When we do come back, Tim and Kathy Keller will join us live from New York City. We're going to talk about that interconnectedness, joy and hope in the time of fear, and now moving forward. That's next. Remember what it was like getting together with your partner for a fabulous night out? It's been too long. Join Word FM aboard the Gateway Clippers Princess for our date night dinner cruise, Wednesday, August 25th. From 6.30 to 9, relax in the company of fellow believers while you enjoy a great dinner, music, and fabulous views of the city skyline. And maybe even win our grand prize giveaway, courtesy of Trinity Jewelers. Just $45 a ticket. Don't miss the boat. Reserve your seat now at wordfm.com slash date night. 101.5 WORD. This week on Truth For Life, we'll learn about Paul's striking request in his final words to the Ephesians. Then we launch a new series that teaches us how the story of redemption is found in all books of the Bible. That's this week on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD. It's Trinity Jewelers' fifth annual half-off, half-the-store sale. Trinity invites you to bring your better half this Thursday through July 21st and get half off half the store. 50% of all their jewelry will be going for 50% off. Select items up to 75% off. So shop early for the best selection. Trinity Jewelers half off half the store sale at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Celebrating 21 years at their schoolhouse location. Ends July 21st. Visit trinityjewelers.com. Reverse mortgages have been endorsed by Susie Orman and promoted by Jerry Orbach, Robert Wagner, and Tom Selleck. Get the facts from Craig Schweiger of Pittsburgh-based Federated Mortgage. Craig has studied reverse mortgages for over 20 years and explains their recent popularity. Tune in Saturday morning at 7 here on Word FM or catch Craig on Bisberg July 14th and 22nd to understand their costs, concerns, and benefits without pressure. If you are or advise someone 60 years or older, tune in or contact Craig at 412-866-HOME. Why doing it right, roofing, siding, and remodeling? As an Owens Corning Roofing Platinum Preferred Contractor, it's simple. It's in their name. They're doing it right, and it's what you'd expect as a homeowner and what they intend to deliver. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. Want it done right? Call doing it right. When it comes to your child's education, do you feel like you have a partner in your current school? Or is it more like you're on your own? As you look ahead to next year, now's a perfect time to consider a quality Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many of our area's finest Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. We are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. Tim and Kathy Keller are with us. You may know the Kellers. You may know that name. Founders of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in Manhattan, started in 1989. Tim had led a diverse congregation of young professionals that grew to a weekly attendance of over 5,000 at Redeemer. Dr. Keller's books include the New York Times bestseller, The Reason for God and the Prodigal God. His new book is called Hope in Times of Fear, The Resurrection and the Meaning of Easter. Tim, Kath, welcome. 
I'm here. I'm not sure Kathy is. Oh, hey, Tim. Uh, maybe Somebody th- needs to recall Kathy, but here I am. <laughs> now, listen, you're a hero because you're undergoing chemo. And did you just have chemo today? No, I did this morning. Yes. Holy smokes. And look, you're showing up on local radio here uh, just a few hours later. Uh, a few hours later, chemo infusion. What's that like? Well, it was, um, it's, <laughs> and there's probably a lot of people out there that know chemo or it firsthand or have had uh friends or relatives it's uh it's rough it's uh, it's hard on you it's hard on you um uh it, it one of the reasons i said yes to today is because it it doesn't immediately have quite as much of an effect but it it, it makes you tired and energized at the same time it's really? just exhausting yeah and of course uh there's different kinds of chemo all kinds and so some are much more and some people respond differently than others. We, I've been doing this now for over a year, and you you start to learn how to manage it a bit better, what to eat on what days, you know, when to do some exercise and when to not. And it's okay. <laughs> this is like I get the thirtieth time or something like that. Wow. And you, what you do is you, you, it's trial and error. And even when your doctors and nurses say everybody responds somewhat differently. So uh, you may say, hey, the best thing for me to do the first day of chemo is to go out and take a walk. And other people might be actually the worst thing you could do really? rather than the best thing. So, uh, But we are uh, navigating and managing it and, um, and very grateful for it because uh, the treatment is continued to work, at least so far. Interesting. Okay, so you have pan- pancreatic cancer. That's correct, yeah? Afraid so, yes. Right. And that's one of the worst kinds. Yeah. So what was that like? I mean, can you talk about, you know, uh, early on when you thought something was up? Was this a surprise that came to you or did you feel down or there were some sort of symptoms that you thought something's not right? Well, no, um, we, we found it because I was in the hospital for something else. Uh, I'd actually eaten something on a trip and uh, they had to put me in the hospital because I had a kind of intestinal infection. Um, this is a year and a half ago now. And when they did that, they did scans, and they then they noticed uh, certain things that didn't look right. So we uh, we found it before it was cr- creating sickness in me. But how was it for me? Uh, the answer is, uh, Kathy always puts it best. She said, years ago, I thought that when I got to be 70 years old, I would feel a lot older. <laughs> and what always happens is you, you, when you're 30, you say, well, I'm 60. I'm really going to feel old. And you get to be 60, and you don't feel that old at all. Yeah. And, and, and therefore, we were fine and doing well and had lots of plans. And at the age of 69, I get diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, which, of course, is very, very bad outcome uh, stats. In other words, if you just look at the statistics, it's not very good. Right. And, and it was very, very uh, difficult, and it just put Kathy and I into – Lots and lots of talk with each other, hugging and crying, and lots and lots of prayer, which also consisted of a lot of crying as well. But it was tremendous, too. I mean, it, we would say uh, what, what we got from God, what we've been getting from God, we, it, uh, it, I, I don't think this is quite right to say, it, 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 is, it is more than enough and almost makes us, let's put it this way, we would never want to lose what we what we've gotten from God through the camp because really? of the cancer. I think that'd be the better way to put it. I don't want to say I don't think God wants in any way to see people suffer. I mean, we know eventually He's going to get rid of sin and death and evil completely, so He doesn't want it. 
On the other hand, you, you come very close to saying, I really see why God sent this into our lives. Uh, but yeah, it was really, very, very difficult. Mm. Have you been able to get Kathy back? We have. So yeah, Kathy? I'm here. Okay. I'm here. Okay. I'm here. That's enough on cancer, <laughs> Kathy. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi, Kathy. <laughs> hey, hey, thanks for coming around again. Okay, so look, so I'm talking to Tim about uh, you know what, what what happened to him today with his chemo infusion. Now, of course, mm-hmm. you're no stranger to medical maladies. You yourself, uh, Crohn's disease for a long time. So the two of you juggling, you know, some really debilitating illnesses in your life. But, Kath, at the same time, you talk about the evidence for the existence of a merciful God. I I listened to a a talk you did recently. Uh, Really, to hear you and Tim talk about this, I mean, I'm not saying it's, you know, it's otherworldly, but your optimism is um, to be commended because a a lot of people, Christian or not, would just throw up their hands and say, I'm done with this. This is too much to deal with. Well, I don't think I'd call it optimism as as much as... um... I had to give a talk a number of years ago, of which the thing you heard was a sort of a refashioning for a different audience, and um, they wanted me to speak on a Bible verse, so I picked uh, Psalm 32, verse 9, which says, Don't be like the horse or the mule that won't stay close to you without the bit and the bridle. Yeah. And I figured, okay, that's me. I'm, I'm the mule. I'm the one that, um, you know, wanders away and says, oh, those look like, you know, interesting fields over there. And I used to think that was a threat, like, you know, stay close to God or else some bad will happen, you know, to make him get you back, coming back to him. But really now I see it as a promise that um, God is not going to let me wander wander away from him. I'm not going to be able to ignore him. I'm not going to be able to um, just go off on my own. He's not going to leave me alone. And sometimes that may feel, you know, uncomfortable, but mostly that feels awesome. Um, you know, that there's that God has so committed himself to me that he'll use whatever means is necessary. Um, yeah. Talk about... Sometimes that's the, the, the cool water and the green grass, and sometimes it's the valley of the shadow. And so... Before you joined us, Kath, Tim was talking about, well, you know, the diagnosis came in and, you know, there was there was prayer and there was tears. But what about for the both of you? You know, what I appreciate whenever you join us on the air to talk about any number of things is that you're so upfront about this. You know, you you don't hide behind this. And so I would imagine when people approach you, whether they're well-meaning friends or family, there's also some sort of measure of fear as people talk to you about illness, as though they don't want to upset you or they don't want to seem impolite. Can you talk about that, about how you choose to deal with people, Kath, Tim? <laughs> I haven't noticed any level of fear. I mean, maybe um, the people who are fearful just don't just don't say a word. But mostly, um, you know, I've had to actually remonstrate um, some of my friends and say, the next person that says, how are you <laughs> really, is going to get a clock on the nose because, you know, I'll tell you how I am. You don't need to, yeah. to make a uh, song and dance out of it. It's... Well, well, it I, think it's, it I think it's, it is courteous, though. I mean, I, I feel <clears throat> I, I have to say I'm sympathetic for people. Um, I know myself. I mean, as a pastor, I was always going to see people who were, uh, you know, fighting cancer or other things. And it was very difficult to know because everybody is different how sensitive to be yeah. 
in such a way it doesn't seem like you're being oversensitive or how direct you should be because you really don't know how the person is doing. So I, I think you're right that people will very often be very courteous or they'll be maybe treat us with kid gloves. And even though Kathy, Kathy can, you know, as she just said, I think without making people feel bad, she can say, I'll tell you if I'm, <laughs> right. I mean, and she, and she doesn't make people feel bad, but I actually think it's very difficult to know how exactly to be well, kind, there are, there courteous, are some respectful cultures. and comforting. Because everybody there are some cultures Kathy. that you just don't even tell people that you have cancer. We had a friend um, who, oh, while they, she was in living in Lebanon, her her uncle was diagnosed with cancer, and the doctors wouldn't tell him. I mean, they just what? said, no, that'll interfere with his recovery, that'll upset him. They just talked about, oh, you need some treatments. And, yeah, we won't you know, mention them, but they're, they're, going, they, they just won't say it, and right. they could barely say it to the family. There actually are countries in which the culture is such that that you don't tell people when they're dying. Really? Uh, and I think America is a mixture of those cultures. So people have such different approaches. And I guess I'm just saying, along with Kathy, that I'm sympathetic to anybody who's trying to be sensitive to us because we don't know how upfront they should be. How, well, also, we don't know, know what graphic. the... We don't know what God's doing. I mean, um, right, you've had a remarkable response. This has mm-hmm. been 14 months for your diagnosis. You've already blown past all the statistics that say, you know, dead in seven months. So there's there's a lot of um, things we don't know about what God is doing. Is right. he going to heal you? Is he going to, you know, keep you in chemo for years and years and sort of, you know, right. in a draw with cancer? Uh, he, cancer it. says yes, chemo we, says no. And we we should answer. Listen, let me bottom line answer to your question is that uh, we think in general it's better to just be up front because as Christians we we shouldn't be living in fear mm-hmm. because of what we know. On the other hand, I I think we need to be sensitive that people do process these things. Right, right. the social norms where they are processing it individually, right. Okay, so yeah. even in the midst of this right now, right, uh, God is merciful, and uh, I know that you're packing because you're going to go on vacation. So life goes on, does it not? First time well, uh, for a vacation in two years. Fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. We're looking forward to it. If everybody would like to pray that we stay healthy and don't have to avail ourselves of medical um, means, you know, even pre-cancer, we there were vacations that where we ended up in the hospital for well, one reason or another. So we 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 want. Listen, I do think this would be a great time to publicly be grateful to God because a year ago, you know, when you're going to do something at the beach, you gotta you gotta reserve it a year, a year ahead of time. You know, right, that's right. just the way it is. And so last year, the idea that we might be able to actually go to the beach, that I'd be alive or in, you know, in a condition where I could do that, seemed like a real stretch. But in an act of faith, we prayed and said, Lord, oh, well, you know, we will insure it <laughs> and let's do it. We have to do it. <laughs> it very, yeah. <laughs> but it seemed very scary right. and, and, and really remote. And now that we've gotten here, we just want to you know, be very uh, grateful and praise God for it. Uh, and yeah, and isn't there something about going to the beach that's very spiritual, right? I mean, there's the water and the sand and the sun, and there's you know, if you want to read a book, that's fine. But for the most part, I believe you know, beach time is just hang time, and you're yes. just enjoying yourself. Yes. Yep. We will have all of our children and their wives and our grandchildren the first week, so that will be a happy chaos. And then some seminary friends that we've known for 50 years the second week. Fabulous. So that will be a little um, less chaotic, but still 
a really good time. Yeah, nice. that'll be the geri- that'll be the geriatric department. So <laughs> right. we'll, we'll all be hobbling around together. Yeah, lots of Advil being shared, no doubt. Okay, so Tim, even in the midst of it, both you and Kathy, you continue to work. I mean, you know, you've been prolific in your writing, in your speaking, in your preaching. That goes on, does it not? Yes. Now, Kathy actually edits an online journal called Life in the Gospel Journal. It comes out every uh, quarterly. And so I always write something for that. Um, I just wrote a, an article for on social media and how Christians should look at that. Uh, and, um, yeah, so Kathy's busy and we're busy and... Um, You're finishing up the first I'm, I'm, draft of a book on forgiveness. Right. I'm trying to write a book on forgiveness that would come out next year. And so, yeah, I mean, obviously, if God has given me a good, the, the thing, it's very easy for me to see. If God has given me a better than average response, yeah. which means I have more time to live than I guess I thought maybe I might have last year, then he obviously has certain things for me to do. Otherwise, why would why would I not be going why to, keep to you be here? with him? Right. Yeah, so then I, th- that gives me more, I have to say, it gives me a better focus now. Because in the past, you tended to do the next thing, whatever anybody was asking you to do, because we all tend to think we're going to live forever. When you realize, no, this is in a particular gift of God, this last stage of my life, then I say, i got to be very good, a very good steward of my time. And I am better, and Kathy knows, I'm better than I've ever been at it, even mm-hmm. though I'm still not perfect. Interesting. So uh, as you both continue to work, I wonder, uh, do you journal? I mean, is there private diaries that you're working through? Is there something that you're thinking, you know, I need to talk to Kathy. I need to talk to my children, my grandchildren. Are you writing of of two different minds? Do you journal, Kathy, in the morning? I do not journal. You are the journaler, dear. But here's (laughs) here's the problem. Kathy, will, I'll say this so that Kathy doesn't say it more harshly. My journal is probably illegible. <laughs> there yeah, may be some of the most wonderful students, spiritual, like Jonathan be, Edwards. <laughs> there could be tremendous spiritual, theological, and cultural insights that I have written in my journal over the years, and only God will know. <laughs> they are, although I, we have one of my children believes that he can, uh, you know, he can decipher it, and maybe he will. But uh, so I do journal. Um, but it's not so much a diary; it's basically God's. my Bible study and what God is teaching me. So it's a bit of a prayer and Bible study journal. Fabulous. Yes, I do like that. In chicken scratch, it is in chicken scratch. I'm Excellent. Afraid. Well, listen, uh, I appreciate you just stopping by. You know, um, I've got no big agenda here, and it's just always good to hear your voices. Of course, Kath, we love you because, you know, you're a yinzer at heart, and uh, Pittsburgh wants to claim you for your own, and we take Tim along with that as well. So, anyway, I, I know you're headed out the door, and you're packing and packing. So, uh, whatever the weeks are that you've got uh, in the sun and the surf, enjoy yourself with your family. Thank, Thank you. Very Thank kind. you so much. Yeah, it's a great pleasure. You take care, you guys. Always good. Okay, thank, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Kathy and Tim Keller. Uh, there's a lot more. There's a lot more ahead. Uh, I just love these guys. Yeah, as you can hear, they're transparent. They are as they say they are, and uh, children of God. We'll take a break. We're just getting underway. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy here in Pittsburgh. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. It's no secret that the Western Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh real estate market have exploded, especially in the last couple of years. 
for so long, it was easy to buy a house in our town. Really straightforward experience, but not so much anymore. Housing prices have really gone through the roof, and it's a seller's market. So, if you're looking to buy, United Faith Mortgage is a great tool in your toolbox. Their direct lender advantage, really, it's everything. It gives you the necessary help and the best deal possible on a new mortgage. Plus, the family behind United Faith Mortgage, they're open about their faith, and it's evident in how they live and especially how they do business. Hundreds and hundreds of happy people living in their dream house because of the excellence of United Faith Mortgage. Look online, United Faith Mortgage. It's a good family doing the right thing. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330, Department of Banking, Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Looking for a way to pay for that new home improvement you've been waiting for? Ready to consolidate credit card debt at a lower interest rate? Figure offers multiple loan options that can help you improve your finances. From mortgage refinances to home equity lines and personal loans, Figure can help you find the loan that's right for you. Figure takes all the stress and hassle out of the process. Apply 100% online at figure.com and see your new rate in a few clicks. Figure out your finances at figure.com. Figure Lending LLC, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Need life insurance but have diabetes, high blood pressure, or on anxiety meds? If you're a 50 year old male, even porky or with type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of life insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. For affordable term life insurance, call term provider and speak with Big Lou at 800-555-1509. 800-555-1509 or visit BigLou.com. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds too. 800-555-1509. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Play the Word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. Really? You can skip songs, but don't skip the doctor's office. Talk to your preteen's doctor about how to safely come in for their well visits and recommended vaccines. Really? And skip. A public service announcement from Vaccinate Your Family in collaboration with Merck. Tonight we'll see increasing clouds with a thunderstorm. It'll be humid tonight with a low of 68. Mostly cloudy and humid tomorrow with a thunderstorm in spots and a high of 81. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy skies, humid, the low 66. Thursday, partly sunny and humid, a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon will reach a high of 85. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Well, it says that uh, everybody has secrets, right? Well, according to uh, a new survey, 2,000 adults were asked about their deepest secrets. And it turns out that mental health, hygiene, and affairs top the list of things that we hide from others. Put together by an organization called One Poll, the survey reveals that mental health issues are the number one most common secret among adults. After that, an embarrassing or cringeworthy incident comes in at number two 
with a third of respondents admitting to keeping such mistakes to themselves. Meanwhile, close to one in five adults, 18% of those 2,000 surveyed, keep their secrets simply to avoid relationship issues. Just one in 10 ever admit to keeping a secret to avoid police scrutiny. The research, quote, suggests that the public keeps many secrets from each other, whether that's something trivial, embarrassing, or even personal, like mental health. So, who is being protected from these unfortunate truths? One in five are most likely to keep a secret from their mother. 16% don't even dare tell their best friend about their secrets. Similarly, another 16% don't tell their partners the whole truth all the time. Within that group, 14% also say they constantly dread their significant other uncovering a hidden truth. Incredibly, 13% say that they wouldn't even tell their loved ones about a big lottery win. It's important to mention, however, that many respondents confess that keeping secrets inflict a heavy psychological toll. All in all, the poll concludes that over a quarter of adults see their day-to-day decision-making being influenced by the weight of the secrets that they carry. Which brings you, us, to confession. How is your life in confession? Of course, in the Catholic faith, the confession is a sacrament that is between the confessor and the confessee, the priest, right? In evangelical or Presbyterian or Protestant circles, I don't know about Orthodox circles, confession is more of a group activity. But what is your confession life like? Is it not important to have someone, your wife, your husband, your best friend, that you confess yourself to in private, in secret? Confession, certainly the antidote to secrets that crush our lives. We'll take another quick break. We're just getting underway here on the ride home. When we do come back, we're going to talk about you are not your own, belonging to God in an inhumane world. That's next here on 101.5 Word FM. One hundred one point five Word FM, W O R D. There will come a time when heaven not only influences the affairs of earth, but when heaven actually comes down to earth. This week on a new beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out God's plan to renovate this fixer-upper we call planet Earth. Tune in for the insight this week on a new beginning. A new beginning with Greg Laurie weekday mornings at ten thirty on W O R D. It's Trinity Jewelers' fifth annual half-off, half-the-store sale. Trinity invites you to bring your better half this Thursday through July 21st and get half off half the store. 50% of all their jewelry will be going for 50% off. Select items up to 75% off. So shop early for the best selection. Trinity Jewelers half off half the store sale at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Celebrating 21 years at their schoolhouse location. Ends July 21st. Visit trinityjewelers.com. A child's body temperature rises three to five times faster than... Than in adults, and leaving a child in a hot vehicle could lead to their death very quickly. Tragically, in 2020, 
24 children died of pediatric vehicular heat stroke, and many of these incidents occurred when parents or caregivers simply forgot the child was in the car. Please set yourself reminders on your cell phone or play something you'll need in the back seat so you don't forget your child. Always look for your baby before you lock. Brought to you by NHTSA. Are you looking to grow your nursing career with an advanced degree? Our 100% online and hybrid programs are tailored for the working professional. We offer flexible, affordable RN to BSN, MSN, and DNP programs. Visit waynesburg.edu. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And And we're we're the the owners owners of South Coast Coast Tax. Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm who will treat you like family and not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation, and we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 8:36, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed, and one way we can achieve that is by being debt-free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, tune in, and on radio.com, in the car or at home too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. I'm a good friend who is a lifer in the United States Army. My friend has been a soldier for more than three decades, and when we talk, Sometimes we'll we'll laugh because, you know, he talks about something that I know absolutely nothing about, what it is to be a professional soldier. And, and during his tenure in those 30-plus years, the United States Army came up with a marketing campaign called An Army of One. Now, think about that. What is it to be an army of one? I mean, the premise is actually ridiculous, right? I mean, who wants to be an army of one on the battlefield against a ferocious enemy? Well, Alan Noble is with us. Alan is a professor, associate professor of English at Oklahoma Baptist University. He's editor-in-chief of Christ in Pop Culture, and he is the author of, of numerous articles, Christianity Today, Modern Reformation, In Touch Magazine, as far as secular publications, Vox, BuzzFeed, The Atlantic. He's got a forthcoming book called You Are Not Your Own, Belonging to God in an Inhumane World. And Alan, thanks for coming along today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be back. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, so the army of one, right? I mean, that's sort of the you know where we are in the world. It doesn't make any sense, but people are going to quick to make that a marketing strategy to what? Engage and embolden people. Yeah, so I mean, we uh, individualism or a kind of individualism is sort of built into the DNA of Americans. We, we like to be self-sufficient. We like to uh, see our lives as projects that we are building, that we are pursuing. And one way to do that is to think of yourself as an army of, of, of one, I suppose. And for other people, it's trying to, to, to achieve some sort of fame or some sort of monetary success. But it's always the, the conception, I believe, is that we perceive ourselves fundamentally as belonging to ourselves 
And therefore, our project, our goal, our obligation and burden in life is to make something substantial and meaningful and worthwhile with that life for mm. ourselves. Right. So you say that uh, I am my own and belong to myself, but that's a malady. Is it just a modern age or have people always been that way? So I, I so there's, yeah, that's a great question and it's a complicated answer. So I would say there are a couple things going on. One is that, you know, you can see this in, in the Garden of Eden, right? This uh, Adam and Eve's refusal to submit to God's law. And instead they chose to become a law unto themselves. Yeah. So they, they saw themselves, they sought to be self-sufficient. One of the authors that I work with, a, a French scholar named Jackie Lule, talks about uh, Cain and how when God marks Cain and says, okay, I'm going to protect you, you're going to be wandering, but you're going to have this mark of protection so no one will, will harm you for what you've done. And Cain uh, still decides, you know what, I need to build a city to protect myself. Um, so here's this self-sufficiency. I can't trust God to do this. So, it, so on one level, this is an old thing. There are some substantial changes that take place under secularism, beginning with the Enlightenment, that that radically change that and, and emphasize it so that I would say there's, there's something very different from the way, you know, earlier people experienced um, uh, these sort of this kind of basic selfishness as opposed to the way we are indoctrinated to think. Indoctrinated. Today. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so indoctrination. So as I'm reading You Are Not Your Own, you, br- you bring up a sort of a great illustration where you talk about uh, the lion in the zoo. I mean, uh, I mean, we were just at the zoo not that long ago, right? Post-COVID, we're back out in the world again. Talk to us about that lion in the zoo. So the part of the premise of this book is that uh, we live in an inhuman society, and uh, we, it is an inhuman society because we have designed it with a false understanding of what it means to be human. And so the analogy I use is of zoocosis. And zoocosis is sort of a popular term or when you see an animal in it, caged in a zoo pacing uh, obsessively in circles. Um, I went to Baylor, and they had these wonderful bears and uh, caged their mascots. And they had this beautiful habitat, but they would pace in circles. One of the remarkable things was it was very clear that the, that the university spent a lot of money on experts to give these bears the best environment they could, um, the most humane environment, as it were, um, and yet – they still knew, the bears knew this was not their environment, and so they had these anxieties. And what's, to me, what's really fascinating is that, that one of the co- two of the common ways of dealing with zoocosis in animals are, are antidepressants and, and then um, enrichment activities. So you put like some ball in there or some limb or something for them to play with. And when I think about that and I compare it to contemporary society, I think, boy, we're, we're given a lot of enrichment uh, activities, distractions <laughs> right. that, that help us cope with the fact that, gosh, this isn't humane. This is not a, a, a human society. Um, so, yeah, so that's the, that's the analogy. I, I, okay. you know, it's not obviously one-to-one, but I think it's helpful. But it is. Okay, so then if the animals in the zoo, whether it's the lions or the bears, they're being fed antidepressants or some sort of activities to while away the time, then, then, we, themsel- then we are themselves, right? Society is us making ourselves sick. <laughs> that's, that's the painful thing about it, right? Is, and and well, I'll, I'll add one more layer to that. 
Yeah, so so we are both the animals in the cage. We're also the ones who designed the cage. Yikes. And we designed this environment wrong. Like we designed it for people who are their own and belong to themselves. But that is not how God designed it. And so, of course, our systems are going to be broken. Our laws, our values, our aesthetics, our practices, all of these things are going to be promoting something that is not true about us. So, of course, we're going to be anxious and depressed and frustrated. But then another layer, sort of meta layer, that makes us even more absurd is that I think most of us know it. Like if you talk to people, if you say, like, do you feel like like it's a let's say it's a Cuban experience. I, I recently had a, a little car accident thing, and I had to call somebody to get a tow, and I had to talk to a computer. And oh ten o'clock at night, my three children on the side of the road were panicking. There's a mountain lion involved. It was a mess, right? Oh and and I couldn't get a hold of a human being. And I thought this little tiny thing, okay, those kinds of little interactions happen day after day, all day long, and the result is you feel like this world is not made. For me. Now, there's a sense in which that's true for all Christians, but there's another sense in which it's just not made for human beings. Like, huh. like, like we have not built this in a humane way. Yeah. Uh, and we know it, but we're kind of like, well, what are you going to do? Okay, so what you are know? you going to do? Right? So we've been through this process yeah. the last ever, you know, 15, 16, whatever, how many months, where we've been separated from each other. Now, of course, yeah. things are starting to open back up again. There is great, you know, jubilation in a lot of people's lives. But at the same time, we're, we've got this structure that keeps us away from each other, even though we long to be close to each other. Yes. Yeah, so um, I tried to be I'm – I'm a fairly realistic person. Is that this is the cha- most challenging part about this book, was that um, I knew that readers wanted me to give the three steps to retaking uh, – <laughs> uh, to recreating a society. And, and I tell people in the yeah. middle of the book, like, if you saw – if you thought this, I apologize. Please don't, don't give me a bad review. I, I, it's three just – I'm going to tell you the truth. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not that simple. Sorry. So here's one of the examples of the, of the dehumanizing ways that our society works. A lot of stay-at-home moms are treated as subhuman, as less significant. When they go out and finally get to interact with other adults that have been at home with their children all day, finally they get to talk to somebody, let's say they're introduced to somebody new, that person's going to ask them, hey, what do you do? Now, when the stay-at-home mom says, well, I stay home with my kids, even if that other person says, wow, that's really great, and they mean it, there's still this sense in which they're saying, you're not interesting. Like, you, you're not really offering me or society anything. What's your husband do, right? Now, let's say... We try to change this. Let's say that, that we uh, get to a place where we're, we're, we're helping stay-at-home moms and dads and other people recognize that that is a lie, that it is a lie that you have to have a certain career in order to be a meaningful yes. person in society. Okay, yeah, let's yeah. say we do that. But here's the problem. Society is still going to treat you that way. And so that's the tension that I come to at the end of the book is that I, I, I don't want us to say – well, we're just going to remake society. Uh, I, and I argue that Christ is the only one who can change this culture. Christ is the only one who could do that. And he can't. He changed Nineveh. He can change our society if he chooses to. Our task is to be faithful. So that means our task is to help those state moms recognize their worth, their value, but also to comfort them and have grace for them because the rest of society is still going to treat them as less significant. I see. And that's probably not going to change anytime soon. So this is an internal problem for each of us to figure out on our own, but also a social problem to look at the larger picture and treat, treat each other with empathy and compassion. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't want it to, I don't, this can't be a mindset fix, right? So like if you and I and whoever reads the book, 
just change their quote unquote mindset, that's not going to solve the problem. People are still going to be treating us in inhuman ways. So, but we do have things that we can do. We have some agency that includes pushing back on lies, recognizing lies and calling them lies that society is, is telling us, and also seeking to make change where we can, because we do have some influence in, in certain spheres of life, and, and that, that really matters. But we also have our ultimate hope, not in our own efforts to radically change America or the West or the world person by person. Our hope is in Christ, and uh, he's the only one who's going to work a miracle like that. And when you have that position, I think it takes the weight off your shoulders. You don't feel like, you know. Yeah, um, yeah so I think that's important. Have you been back to church yet? Are you back to church? So uh, I'm in not exactly rural Oklahoma. Uh, having grown up in California, I would call this rural, but for Oklahoma, this is not rural. Uh, but still, we we closed for a couple of months, and then we have a very big sanctuary, and we're a church plant, so there was plenty of room for everyone to spread around with masks. So uh, we've been meeting for a long time. Fabulous. Okay, good. So then, so that idea of not being alone, right, especially in a Christian context, that's what we're built upon, right? We're built upon community altogether, worshiping Jesus as the body of Christ. So you would see why this, you know, you are not your own would resonate, especially with us within the Christian community. But I think, you know, not to say that we've got the answers, because clearly we're screwed up as anybody else. But, you know, the, the larger sort of social fabric Right. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I, every day I think, oh, when's the next mass shooting going to be coming? Because yeah, people are right. so disparate and so disconnected and there's you know yeah. such anger and fear and resentment and all that whole thing. I mean, how if it's not the general message of I mean, not even the general message, I don't want to you know minimize that. But in Christ, in Christ, I mean, to be on the street corner, to evangelize that, to talk about that, to live that. That's a tall order, but that's what you're saying is the necessary thing internally and externally. That's right, and and it's uh, it's an interesting message, and I'm I'm really getting, I'm really curious. I don't know how far you've read, but I'm very curious to get people's feedback because um, the argument I'm trying to make is on one hand very intentionally a relief. The relief is is the gospel because society is telling you because you are your own, you're the only one responsible for pulling all of these things together. And I want to say that weight is crushing. I see that crushing in my students, in family members. I see it all. I see it in my own heart. Yep. I see. I see it in parents who are told constantly that they're not parenting correctly. It goes on and on and on. So there's this great relief there when you realize that you're living before God, and your goal is not to live the perfect project, but to honor and love and glorify God. But there's also this other side of the book, and you mentioned this uh, when talking about meeting in church in community. Well, if you're not your own and you belong to Christ. That also means you have real obligations to Christ, to his church, to your neighbors, to your family, to his creation. Um, and so uh, this is, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, an, it's an interesting book because on the one hand, I'm, I'm hopefully getting some weight off of people's shoulders, but I'm also helping them see you already have appropriate weight on your shoulders. So I'm into that. Alan, I, I got to go. You are not your own. The book releases when? October 12th. Fabulous. Hey, great job. I do love it. I'm halfway through and I'm really digging it. It's a great, timely message. Alan Noble, you are not your own, belonging to God in an inhumane world.
Thursday, August 12th, 7 p.m. Eastern. Join Grammy Award-winning artist Michael W. Smith and a host of others for Food for the Poor's national virtual celebration, We Are One. We come together to provide 10 million meals for desperately hungry children and families in countries like Haiti. The event is complimentary, but reserve your space right now to receive a link to a silent auction of incredible trips to both national and international destinations. RSVP now at foodforthepoor.org forward slash one. That's foodforthepoor.org forward slash O-N-E. Remember what it was like getting together with your partner for a fabulous night out? It's been too long. Join Word FM aboard the Gateway Clippers Princess for our date night dinner cruise, Wednesday, August 25th. From 6.30 to 9, relax in the company of fellow believers while you enjoy a great dinner, music, and fabulous views of the city skyline. And maybe even win our grand prize giveaway, courtesy of Trinity Jewelers. Just $45 a ticket. Don't miss the boat. Reserve your seat now at wordfm.com slash date night. Scream for ice cream. That's exactly what's happening every day at the Springhouse in 84. We're literally up to our elbows in ice cream. But who could resist a cotton candy ice cream cone? Or how about cookie dough? Or Heath Crunch? Or even raspberry chocolate yogurt? You've just got to try them all. If not a cone, then how about a toasted almond fudge ball? Creamy vanilla ice cream rolled in toasted chopped almonds and topped with gooey hot fudge and real whipped cream. Or better yet, a strawberry ice cream shortcake made with real old-fashioned shortcakes smothered with sliced strawberries and again, real whipped cream. Jump in the car now, head to 84 in the Springhouse, where we want you to scream for ice cream. Dan owed an unbelievable amount of money to the IRS. I got behind on my taxes. It's a horrible feeling. Dan turned to Optima Tax Relief, the leading tax resolution firm who put his problems to rest. They got the job done, and life is good. Call Optima now for a free consultation. Stop worrying. Make the call now. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. For details, visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. When it comes to your child's education, do you feel like you have a partner in your current school? Or is it more like you're on your own? As you look ahead to next year, now's a perfect time to consider a quality Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many of our area's finest Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Housekeeping here, a little housekeeping, that uh, Word FM's date night is back. <laughs> Talking about not being alone, uh, we're headed out to the Three Rivers. We're going to go out on a little boat. Well, not a little boat. I mean, a, a big boat. It's a romantic night out for you and your spouse aboard the Gateway Clipper Fleet's Princess, featuring a great dinner, music, a fabulous view of the city, of course. It comes up in August. Don't miss this. WordFM.com. I hope to see you out there. I'll be there. Uh, Kath is going to be there. I don't think our spouses will show. I think, you know, because we'll be working, it will be less of a romantic evening for us in a way, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, we'll be out there in the water. So I hope that you go to wordfm.com and sign up and uh, treat yourself, treat your wife or treat your husband to a, a night out on the water. Be fabulous to go out. I mean, a gorgeous night that it's been. You know, the summer's been just really excellent here. So come on out and join us, wordfm.com. Um, Oh, you know what? I, I just want a little other weird thing. I saw this. I, I can't pass this up. Today's National French Fry Day. Listen, as I'm reading about National French Fry Day, they're saying that the average person eats 30 pounds of French fries a year. How can that be? 30 pounds of French fries a year. That'll put a damper out on your date night. <laughs> Unless you're out having fries together. Anyway, you are not your own. Take a quick break, come back. When we do come back, we're going to talk about a, a local organization here that is a great help to the immigrant. Don't miss this when we come back. In the 5 o'clock hour of the ride home here for Pittsburgh's Christian Talk, Word FM. Hello, neighbor. That's next. Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, tune in and on radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The death toll has grown in the Miami-area condominium building collapse. Miami-Dade County Mayor Daniela Levine Cava says another victim has been found, bringing the death toll in Surfside to 95. She also updated other numbers. 238 people are now accounted for and 14 people potentially unaccounted for. And officials are keeping a record on any personal belongings that they have found. They are ensuring that all recovered Personal property and family heirlooms are treated with the utmost respect. Each time crews find personal possessions, they take photos and log the location using GPS. They've made a grid of the pile knowing approximately where each family's condo unit should be. I'm Shelley Adler. The stocks remain lower now. The Dow is down 87 points. The Nasdaq off 38. This is SRN News. Reverse mortgages have been endorsed by Susie Orman and promoted by Jerry Orbach, Robert Wagner, and Tom Selleck. Get the facts from Craig Schweiger of Pittsburgh-based Federated Mortgage. Craig has studied reverse mortgages for over 20 years and explains their recent popularity. Tune in Saturday morning at 7 here on Word FM or catch Craig on Bisberg July 22nd to understand their costs, concerns, and benefits without pressure. If you are or advise someone 60 years or older, tune in or contact Craig at 412 866 if you're attacked by a bear, a dog will throw himself into the mouth of a bear to save you. Dogs are dogs. They pour out their love onto you. Before long, you can't live without them. I have a chocolate cocker spaniel named Lady and a blackmouth cur. He's about 120 pounds, and his name is Arlo. My little cocker, her coat's as soft as a stuffed animal. They're both real soft coats, and my dogs don't have any health problems because they're eating what they need to eat. N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is like pouring a multivitamin right onto their food. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. We'll be scooping our Dynavite onto the food, then squirting the liquor chops and the fish oil. They start salivating. Dynavite is nutrition. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. It's a lot of responsibility owning a dog. I get my Dynavite at D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office, 
RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching and elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors, individual and group rates available. RPTS, study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. It's Trinity Jewelers' fifth annual half-off, half-the-store sale. Trinity invites you to bring your better half this Thursday through July 21st and get half off half the store. 50% of all their jewelry will be going for 50% off. Select items up to 75% off. So shop early for the best selection. Trinity Jewelers half off half the store sale at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Celebrating 21 years at their schoolhouse location. Ends July 21st. Visit trinityjewelers.com. A child's body temperature rises three to five times faster than an adult's and leaving a child in a hot vehicle could lead to their death very quickly. Tragically, in 2020, 24 children died of pediatric vehicular heat stroke, and many of these incidents occurred when parents or caregivers simply forgot the child was in the car. Please set yourself reminders on your cell phone or place something you'll need in the back seat so you don't forget your child. Always look for your baby before you lock. Brought to you by NHTSA. Tonight we'll see increasing clouds with a thunderstorm. It'll be humid tonight with a low of 68. Mostly cloudy and humid tomorrow with a thunderstorm in spots and a high of 81. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy skies, humid, the low 66. Thursday, partly sunny and humid, a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon will reach a high of 85. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. Kath has the day off, so I'll be here with you for the uh, 5 o'clock hour. Thanks so much for being with me. We uh, talked about this during the uh, 4 o'clock hour that uh, went out with some friends on Friday night. And we uh, sat at Hartwood Acres on a blanket and listened to some music. It was absolutely fabulous. But, you know, in the course of the evening, um, I I would say pre-music, with our friends who we love and get along great with, we had an argument. We had a, uh, I wouldn't call it heated, but there was was some exchange here, which, you know, you love each other. That kind of happens from time to time. Which made me think about a piece I saw from a writer, Ian Leslie, uh, who wrote a piece at Aeon about um, the Wright brothers. And says this, that in the town of Dayton, Ohio, at the end of the 19th century, locals were used to the sound of quarrels spilling out from the room above the bicycle shop on the West 3rd Street. Now, the brothers, who I love, I'm just fascinated by Wilbur and Orville Wright. They opened this bicycle shop in 1892 before they became obsessed with the problem of manned flight. Now, downstairs, the Wright brothers, they fixed and they sold bicycles. But upstairs, Wilbur and Orville got together and they argued about flying machines. Charles Taylor, who worked on the shop floor of the Wright Cycle Company, described the room above as, quote, frightened with argument. 
He says this, the boys were working out a lot of theory in those days, and occasionally they would get into terrific arguments. They would shout at each other something terrible. I don't think they ever really got mad, but they sure got awfully hot. Now, we're so familiar, I believe, with the fact that the Wright brothers invented the aeroplane that the miraculous nature of their achievement, I think, often goes unheralded. Now, Wilbur and Orville Wright, they were not scientists. They certainly weren't qualified engineers. They were bicycle builders. They did not attend university. They weren't attached to any corporation. In fact, before their breakthrough, they accomplished little of note. So just how did the Orville and Wilbur come to solve one of the greatest engineering puzzles in history? Well... Their success owes a lot to their talent for something called productive arguments. The brothers, who were born four years apart, were very close. And from the time that they were little children, wrote Wilbur, my brother Orville and myself lived together, worked together, and in fact, we thought together. But that should not be taken to mean that they had the same thoughts. The way they thought together was through argument. It was their father, Milton Wright, who taught them how to argue productively. After the evening meal, the father, Milton, would introduce a topic and instruct the boys to debate vigorously and without being disrespectful. Now, in time, they would learn to argue in a more effective way, tossing ideas back and forth. And after a family friend expressed his discomfort with the way that the brothers argued, Wilbur, the elder, explained why arguing was so important to them. He says this, Wilbur says this, No truth is without some mixture of error, and no no error so false, but that it possesses no element of truth. If a man is in too big a hurry to give up an error, he is liable to give up some truth with it. And in accepting the arguments of the other man, he is sure to get some errors with it. Honest argument is merely a process of mutually picking the beams and motes out of each other's eyes so both can seem clearly. Now you recognize that, right? You recognize that verbiage, picking the beams and motes out of each other's eyes. Of course, the Wright brothers grew up in a very biblically literate time, right? People didn't have radio and television, certainly not the internet. What they had was the Bible. And so the Wright brothers, they learned how to argue, dare I say, biblically. And that's something I think, of course, we know this, this is true, that is missing deeply from today's polarization, the discourse. So I wonder, right, as we are hopefully now going back to church, and there are some among us who refuse to go back because they're afraid of anger or they're shamed or they're fearful or whatnot, it's important that we engage each other in a civil way without anger, without fear, without recrimination. And we do so politely, but at the same time forcefully. 
there's something about going back to church that I think people are holding on to. You think, I don't want to go back there because those guys, they're politically X or they believe this about where we've just gone through with the pandemic. And I don't want to get there. So I'm going to go elsewhere. I'll just start over. I'll start fresh. Well, might I add, if you loved your church before the pandemic, or even if you didn't, you were still part of a church family, right? There was something powerful about that. There is something deeply powerful about community together, that we are not our own, that Christ owns us. So we do ourselves a disservice in some way by hiding or by not speaking truthfully. The problem is when we become so definitely sure of our opinions that we fall into this cataclysmic certainty of life. And like the Wright brothers discovered, I mean, these were two guys, they had no more than a high school education, but they studied and they worked and they argued and they figured it out in tandem, like on a bicycle built for two, a tandem bicycle. They figured it out. They made it work. And by doing so, they changed the world for the better forever. Imagine if we all took that mantle, that we saw each other as we were. And because we are brothers, right, we're part of the human race, especially brothers in Christ. They had to work things out because they loved each other. I think that's so key. That's so important. Anyway. We've got a lot to lose and so much more to gain. Don't step away. Engage, but do so in a really strong, simple, powerful way. Love each other kindly. And I believe whatever that's going on right now in this world, because it's certainly topsy-turvy upside down, a lot of it we just carry, right? Our own anger, our own fear, our own frustration. We need to come back together again and to do so in a way that honors us as a Maggio Dei, as the image of God, as his creation. And I guarantee you, I know this to be true. When you look at people in the eye, and you are as you are, and you are truthful and honest, the world's a much better place. So don't hide. Come back, because it's a good world. We'll take a quick break. We've got a lot more ahead. You don't want to miss this. Sloan Davidson's with us in a few minutes. Hello, neighbor something locally to welcome the immigrant into this great country. It's straight ahead on the ride home. Be back in a few. 101.5 WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. The word host comes from a Hebrew word and a Greek word, and it means a well-trained army, one that is prepared for war. Angels, you see, respond just like soldier under a general's command. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, Angels, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. Remember what it was like getting together with your partner for a fabulous night out? It's been too long. Join Word FM aboard the Gateway Clippers Princess for our date night dinner cruise, Wednesday, August 25th. From 6.30 to 9, relax in the company of fellow believers while you enjoy a great dinner, music, and fabulous views of the city skyline. And maybe even win our grand prize giveaway, courtesy of Trinity Jewelers. Just $45 a 
ticket. Don't miss the boat. Reserve your seat now at wordfm.com slash date night. Impact Mortgage Corp. TV, a cash call mortgage, NMLS ID, 128231, equal housing lender, not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer based on loans over $250,000. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. What's better than a mortgage interest rate and APR in the twos? How about a no-closing-cost mortgage loan with an interest rate and APR in the twos? That's right. We have no-closing-cost loans here at Cash Call Mortgage. We pay the title, escrow, and appraisal fees. So if you're looking to save a little cash on your monthly mortgage payment, call Cash Call Mortgage today. Our quotes are always free. If your mortgage rate APR is not in the twos, Cash Call Mortgage could lower your interest rate and save you some cash. What are you waiting for? With low rates and no closing cost options, now is the time to refinance your mortgage. For a free quote to see if you qualify, go to CashCallMortgage.com or call us today. Call 800-931-6651. That's 800-931-6651. 800-931-6651. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy & Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job. It's what we do. You have the same goals we all do, to protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Think you can't afford a quality Christian education? Think again. First Baptist Christian School of Butler is partnering with this station to offer half off your first year's tuition. Since 1981, First Baptist Christian School has prepared pre-K through 12th grade students to glorify God in whatever direction they take in life through strong academics, Bible-based curriculum, and caring, qualified teachers, giving Butler-area families an affordable education that supports their values. Get half off a year's tuition now at wordfm.com tuitions. it like to welcome the stranger my local church uh, is involved with prism pittsburgh regional international student ministry and, and prism exists to welcome the stranger you know um, the church that i attend is on campus at the university of pittsburgh and so every year as you might imagine uh, people from around the world come to Carnegie Mellon, the University of Pittsburgh, Carlo, Point Park, you name it, all the local universities uh, in and around Western Pennsylvania. And PRISM brings people in and says, we know that you're coming in from where? Africa. Uh, you're coming in from Europe. You're coming in from far, far corners of the world. And so you don't have a places to set up shop, right, to set up a home properly. So let us engage with you and give you what it is to have an apartment, right? A lot of people come in without, you know, anything. I mean, a suitcase and some clothes. And so they come into an apartment and, you know, they rent an apartment and the apartment is empty. So what do you do for, uh, you know, kitchen utensils or kitchen chairs, kitchen tables, the basics, a couch, an easy chair, all those things, PRISM is able to provide that, and they do so in such a great way. And that's in many ways a means of evangelism, that they allow people to come in. Now, for the large part, the people who come in are not believers, right? I mean, most people have never even heard the gospel who are coming into Pittsburgh to do part of a, you know, a doctoral study. But they come here, in many ways, with an openness that they want to be part of society, to say, yeah, include me in. And so that's where PRISM takes hold. 
And it's a wonderful thing to see eventually over time, especially for, so, you know, if a, a couple comes in, sometimes a couple comes in, you know, the, the husband is studying and the wife comes in with school-age children, often toddlers. How does that work? Well, then women who are left at home and they're having to fend for themselves in an unknown country with minimal uh, English skills, well, PRISM exists to bring in the Bible and community and church study. And so they get together and they figure out what it is to be an American in 21st century Western Pennsylvania. I think it's fascinating. We're waiting for Sloan Davison to join us. Sloan is the uh, the founder and the CEO of something called Hello Neighbor. And Hello Neighbor has had roots in Pittsburgh, I think, since 2017. And it's a powerful organization. Now, of course, you know, immigration has become so deeply politicized, right? That's um, a, a political flashpoint for a lot of people. But I, I think you'll know that when you look at societies around the world, Right, the necessity of what it is. We need people in American culture to fill the gap, right? We do. We need people to, to take jobs that other people will not necessarily want, right? I mean, look, look at what happens in the fields. There's a, a program that goes on where people are always being taken care of, right? Taking care of us because they come to America and they're working minimum jobs and all of a sudden that food shows up on your dinner table. I mean, that's so key. So how does that work? Well, it's necessary that we honor and look at those immigrants. Sloan Davis is with us. That's good. Hey, Sloan. Sloan is with us. She is the um, uh, she's the CEO, the founder of something called Hello Neighbor. And before Sloan worked at Hello Neighbor, before she founded it, she worked 15 years across the intersection of philanthropy and digital marketing. For eight years, Sloan Davids, she created and led one of the leading cause blogs on the Internet called The Cosmopolitan. But here today to talk to us about Hello Neighbor is Sloan. Sloan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, uh, it's our pleasure. So listen, uh, to be honest, I did not know anything about Hello Neighbor. We had a, a friend join us to talk about immigration, and they said, there's organizations all over the country like Hello Neighbor. You should search. So we did, and there you were. So congratulations on this effort. I mean, it's really interesting to see what you've done. Thank you so much. I founded the organization a little over five, um, I'm sorry, just shy of five years ago, about four and a half years ago. And it really has been a movement that I've been very proud to lead across Pittsburgh, across the country. And what we've really seen is that our newest neighbors who have been through so much are really starting anew and they're starting their new lives here in Pittsburgh. They're starting their new lives all across the U.S. And what they need more than anything is a friend a support person, someone to help show them how to ride the bus, how to read the mail, how to navigate making a healthcare appointment. We all know how hard that can be. Yeah. Um, how, to, how, to, how to just figure out where the playground, where the library is, and how to be able to be social again. You know, we are social beings. If the pandemic has taught us anything, social isolation is very hard. And for a lot of people around the world, they thrive inviting people for tea, 
having people inside their home. And so we really provide a way to help guide and support refugee and immigrants who are new um, through a caring neighbor to help guide and support them in their new lives here. Wonderful. So, so then what does that look like, Sloan? What's the funnel of immigrants coming into Western Pennsylvania and they find their way to Hello Neighbor? Can you talk about maybe a case study, what that looks like for you? Absolutely. So around the world right now, there are more refugees than there have ever been. There's about 79 million people currently displaced around the world. It's more than in World War II. To frame that for the audience a little bit, the amount of people every single day forced to flee their homes could fill a baseball stadium. So every single seat in a stadium is filled every single day with women, children, families, and about 80% of all refugees are families. Now, the majority of people don't leave their home country. So you're pushed out of New Orleans and Katrina and you end up in Texas. You're not actually a refugee. You're internally displaced. And that's about three quarters of people who are forced to flee their home. Another section go to a secondary country. And that's a neighboring country. We're not talking wealthy people. We're talking people who are going by foot, by car, you know, to a neighboring country. That's why Turkey, Jordan, Lebanon have the largest numbers of refugees around the world. You're only able to make it right next door to start anew. About 1% of the entire world's refugees make it to a third country. And the U.S. is one of many who have a formalized, routinized, government-approved, you know, all the, all the stamps and the checks yes. to allow for refugees to come in. There's actually no such thing as an illegal refugee. They're 100% fully vetted. The government knows they're coming and they're receiving support from a federal resettlement agency. I see. So of the refugees that do end up in the U.S. any given year, um, some of them choose where they end up. They might have a a distant relative um, for some of our Afghans who worked with the U.S. military. They have an army buddy. You know, they might have a feeling of where they want to be. Some people might say, I want to be in Pittsburgh. I want to be on the East Coast. I want to be in the U.S. Some say, I don't I don't know where I want to be. And they could end up in the U.S. and Australia and Germany and Canada. You name it. I see. For the people that end up in Pittsburgh, they receive, and I'm sorry, all around the U.S., no matter where you land, you get about 90 days of initial support, three months. So if you picture uprooting your life, you've left your home country, you've left your family behind, most likely that extended family of aunties and sisters and your parents and the multi-generational thread that we know that like we love and we cherish, You've spent anywhere between three to 15, 20 years, either in a refugee camp, a town, a village, trying to make it out. And you land in the U.S. and you're told, okay, you got to get a job, pay for rent, utilities, bus pass, like food. Good luck to you in three months time. We'll support you getting up on your feet. And then in three months, good, good luck to you. When I found that out, I was a new mom. I had just had my first son. And I just couldn't shake this idea of like, what happens after those three months? We spend so much time and energy on who we think gets to come here. And then once they're here, after a few months, it's like, okay, we're never really gonna think or talk about you again. And I kept digging and digging and digging and feeling like there must be more support services for these families that have been through so much. And time and time again, what I heard was no. They really get the support for three months, and, and then that's own. it. 
Wow. And so that's where I say that's where Hello Neighbor steps in. So once that support's over, we're really working with families who've been in the U.S. between about three months and five years. We started with in 2017 with 25 families from eight countries of origin. We're now up to 125 from wow. 15 countries. We That's about four or 500 people a month we're interacting with. We partner them directly with a neighbor. That could be an individual, a young couple, a young family, empty nester, retiree. But that person acts as their support, their mentor, I and see. helps them navigate their new life here. So the, what about language? I mean, people coming in, minimal language so the neighbor next door may not know the native tongue how does that work well i like to say when working with people it's not just refugees or immigrants it's always like it's simple but you know or like there, there's <laughs> right there's answers and then there, there's individual cases there's group cases here's what i'll say it's a very wide range who has language however Language only makes up the actual spoken word about 60%. We use body language. We use our faces. You know, there's a lot of ways that we can convey a relationship outside of language. You might not be able to sit across from someone at coffee and have a deep conversation about your biggest, darkest secrets. But frankly, if I meet you and the very first thing you say to me is like, what's the worst day of your life? I'm going to be like, I don't want to be friends with you. That's not the way you start a relationship. <laughs> no. So to, you know, yeah, so right. to some extent, um, we're talking about just, just start with the basics, you know, and, and people learn it over time. We do provide language support, interpretation, translation for serious things. So I don't mean to make light of that. If it's of legal, if it's medical, if it's housing, if it's um, anything that really needs it, we have language support and we can do that. But language access comes in many forms. And we like to say to our mentors, our volunteers, imagine how hard this is for them. Sure. So you're sitting in their home and I they're can't all imagine. Speaking, you know, they're speaking Nepali, Burmese, Swahili, French, Arabic, Pashto, Dari, whatever the language might be. Imagine how hard it is for them. Yes. And so it's okay. You're not going to get it all right. Just take your time. I take see. your time. So the 90 days, basically, they have of some support. Then after 90 days, the immigrants are forced to go out on their own, which I can't imagine what that must be like. What about job opportunities? How does someone with minimal skills and just the very basics of how society works here, how do you help them find a job? So those first three months are heavy case management. And that job is a hard and arduous job of the case manager, the housing and employment specialist, the resettlement agencies. They're really trying to get who is able to be employed, employed. And that means having um, Americans, having employers, having landlords, having people understand uh, you know, that it's not just hiring, it's not just recruitment, it's retaining talent. I see. And I will say that, you know, our history in the U.S. isn't perfect by any means. And Andrew Carnegie, I have mixed feelings about being here in Pittsburgh. But 100 years ago, when you took your lunch break at the Mills or the Mines, they gave you an English class. You sat with your sandwich wrapped in newspaper. They gave you an English class. Edgar Kaufman and the great, like, uh, department store owners had shop girls that spoke the different languages. You spoke Russian, Croatian, Hungarian. You came in to buy your gloves. 
and they would direct the women to another woman who spoke that language. We've let all of that go. We assume that you should walk in the door and you should just know English. That's not the way that it's always been. I think we need to practice a little patience and a little kindness and they will get there. People will get there, but we never did it overnight in the past and we shouldn't expect it to happen now. Okay, so people are listening. My hope is that people hear this and they think, hello, neighbor. Hello, I want to be part of this. How does that work? I mean, if people are so inclined to be part of someone's life, what about training and the whole journey there? So what I would say is if you are located in Pittsburgh and Allegheny County, we'd welcome you to become a mentor and part of the Hello Neighbor program. We also, if you're not located in Pittsburgh or Allegheny County, I have a couple other great ways you can participate. First, go to our website, helloneighbor.io, sign up for our newsletter or social media. There's a lot of ways you can support refugees without directly volunteering. And we provide a lot of those educational resources, ways that you can talk in your workplace, in your school, in your church, in your, you know, your places that matter to your Thanksgiving dinner table. We're really talking about education and providing support. Hello Neighbor also has been quietly, slowly building, in addition to all this other stuff we're doing, a national coalition. And we currently have 23 organizations in 15 states doing work similar to us. If you're in Mobile, Alabama, LA, Missoula, Cincinnati, Westchester County, DC, Miami, I'm leaving out a few. If you're in any of those places, but please come to Hello Neighbor's website. We can help you navigate send us an email. I'm more than happy to help connect people to something in their own neighborhood if they want to get involved. And the number one thing that I say with Hello Neighbor, that's the magic of what we do, regardless of where you're located, is in our name. It's the act of saying hello. Mm -hmm. So if you see somebody that needs a little help in the grocery store, at the bus stop, you know, it's looking a little lost, immigrant or not, just take the time to stop and ask yourself how you would feel if you were starting anew. And just say hello. A little kindness goes a long way. Okay, so what's the website? It's helloneighbor.io. And across social media, we are at helloneighborhq. Very nice. And we're pretty easy to find, and we're great at storytelling. So if you want some really uplifting, meaningful, educational ways to get involved, I encourage you to check us out. Helloneighbor.io on the web for more information. Sloan, we just barely scratched the surface, but thanks so much. Come back and let's do this again, and we'll dive a little deeper. Love to. Thank you so much. My great pleasure. Sloan Davidson, founder and CEO of Hello Neighbor. You go there and say hello and be a part of a resource to change someone's life for the better forever. We'll step away. We've got much more ahead. It's the Ride Home with John and Kath. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk here on Word FM. can you find a mattress store that truly puts your needs first? Only here at the Original Mattress Factory. Our team is here with a no-pressure approach to help you find the right mattress to meet your unique needs. Whether it's back support, comfort, or long-term durability you're seeking, nobody knows more about what makes a great mattress great. We want to make sure you're prepared to make the best choice for you, whether you buy from us or not. Stop by your local OMF store to see the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. The Original Mattress Factory is always looking for good people to join our team. 
If you're interested in a sales, manufacturing, or delivery position, we offer competitive pay and exceptional benefits packages. Integrity and strong work ethic are essential because at OMF, we strive for excellence in all that we do. To learn more about our company and our unique business model, visit us at OriginalMattress.com. You can stop by any of our locations or visit the employment section on OriginalMattress.com to complete an application. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And And we're we're the the owners owners of South Coast Coast Tax. Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm. We will treat you like family. And not just the number. Call us today at 1 800 TAX 1176 for a free consultation. And we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 836. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. And one way we can achieve that is by being debt free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1 800 TAX 1176. And together, we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1 800 TAX 1176. Hi, this is Robert Jermalowski, owner of Doing It Right Roofing, Siding, Remodeling. Looking for a new roof or siding upgrade? Call us for a free estimate at 724-NEW-ROOF or visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. Considering a Christian education? Champion Christian School is partnering with this station to offer half off a year's tuition for first-time enrollees. For parents in the Uniontown area, Champion presents an outstanding public school alternative for pre-K through 12th grade students at their campuses in Donegal and Champion, featuring strong academics, certified teachers, and a developmental approach that helps every child reach their God-given potential. That's half off a year's tuition while it lasts at wordfm.com slash tuitions. We are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM, Pittsburgh, at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. Tonight we'll see increasing clouds with a thunderstorm. It'll be humid tonight with a low of 68. Mostly cloudy and humid tomorrow with a thunderstorm in spots and a high of 81. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy skies, humid, the low 66. Thursday, partly sunny and humid, a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon will reach a high of 85. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Annually, U.S. News and World Report, they do a um, best places to live rankings. And uh, for the second year in a row, Boulder, Colorado is the number one place, the best place to live in the United States. Now, they don't have a particularly low cost of living, Boulder, but they have a desirability among uh, college readiness. High school students reported well-being among residents and stable job markets all contribute to making it the top spot, Boulder, Colorado. Now, I've got, a, I've got family that live in Portland, Oregon. Now, if you follow national news, uh, Portland, Oregon essentially has been on fire for the past, I don't know, year and a half or so. They're number 10. How can that be? I reached out to my nephew today who lives in, Bol- in, in Portland. He works for Nike. And I, I, <laughs> he laughed. He laughed out loud when we talked on the phone. Portland, Oregon. Anyway, uh, U.S. News is saying this. So uh, in descending order, Sarasota, Florida, Portland, Maine, Naples, Florida, 
Colorado Springs, Austin, Texas, Fayetteville, Arkansas, Huntsville, Alabama, Raleigh, North Carolina. Those are the top places to live. Now, the most affordable places, of course, no surprise, you'll find Pittsburgh on that list. Uh, In descending order from uh, 10 to 1, Fayetteville, Arkansas, then Pittsburgh, South Bend, Grand Rapids, Green Bay, Des Moines, Hickory, North Carolina, Quad Cities, which includes uh, Davenport, Iowa, and Moline, Rock Island, Illinois, at number three, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Most affordable place to live in the country is Huntsville, Alabama. All right, there you have it. Pittsburgh made a list, most affordable. Let us uh, step away for just a minute. We're going to talk about person of interest. Jane Warner Wallace is with us. He's a cold case homicide detective who joins us on a regular basis. We're going to talk about that person of interest. Who would that be? Of course, it's Jesus. That's next, The Ride Home. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk here in Word FM. 101.5 WORD. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Cram. If you cross the line and you commit immorality, either before marriage or during marriage, it becomes easier and easier and easier to cross it again and again and again and again. This is a sin that is very devastating. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Graham. PowerPoint, tonight at 9.30 on 101.5 WORD. Remember what it was like getting together with your partner for a fabulous night out? It's been too long. Join Word FM aboard the Gateway Clippers Princess for our date night dinner cruise, Wednesday, August 25th. From 6.30 to 9, relax in the company of fellow believers while you enjoy a great dinner, music, and fabulous views of the city skyline. Sponsored in part by Trinity Jewelers. Just $45 a ticket. Don't miss the boat. Reserve your seat now at wordfm.com slash date night. Let's be boring and do a commercial about cash out refinances. It's Ryan, and our mortgage team will often have a listener say, I think I understand what a cash out refinance is, but can't that be bad for you sometimes? So let's hit on that. As with anything, it's certainly not the right move for everyone. If we don't have to, we don't want to add a bunch of years onto our loan or increase our monthly payment too much or pay more in the long run. But because home values have skyrocketed so far, up the last few years, while rates have come so far down, we've seen many scenarios where listeners today can pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in their home, while lowering the years on the overall loan, while lowering their monthly payment, and lowering how much they ultimately pay. The key is to just look at the whole picture and be honest with yourself about your situation. If you're looking for someone to show you your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. I worry about lots of things. My finances. My grandkids. If you're 65 or older, you have enough things to worry about. Pneumococcal pneumonia shouldn't be one of them. Even healthy adults 65 and older are at increased risk for this potentially serious bacterial lung disease that can disrupt your life for weeks. Help protect yourself with the Prevnar 13 pneumococcal 13-valent conjugate vaccine, diphtheria CRM197 protein. 
Prevnar 13 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 13 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 13 does not protect against all strains of the disease. Don't get Prevnar 13 if you have had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with a weakened immune system may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-866-694-9300 or visit Prevnar13.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about Prevnar 13. Cold case. I mean, with the uh, advent of DNA and forensic science, what was once unsolvable has now become almost commonplace. Jay Warner Wallace is back with us. Jay Warner Wallace is a Dateline featured cold case detective, senior fellow at the Colson Center for Christian Worldview, adjunct professor of apologetics at Biola University. He also has written several excellent books, Cold Case Christianity, God's Crime Scene, Forensic Faith among those. And he's with us here today to talk to him about a brand new event, Person of Interest. Jim, welcome back. And thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, always a pleasure. Okay, Jim. So, like I said, right, DNA forensics, it's really revolutionized the way that people look at uh, crime scenes. But as a dedicated Christian, the way you look at Jesus, uncovering him, and not necessarily through a biblical lens, through the historical Jesus, this is new person of interest. Yeah, you know, I, I got I, when I was first became a Christian, it was really a, a matter of me examining the evidence. And, and one of the objections I had was I didn't believe anything that you would have. If you had me a Bible, I would have said, "Well, yeah, great, good for you. You got scripture. Everyone's got scripture. I'm not interested in your scripture." So I didn't trust the Bible. And I think a lot of people in our world right now are, are number one, they're distrustful of what scripture says, and number two, they really have gotten to a place where they don't even think that Jesus, as a historical figure, as a, a leader of world religion, really matters anymore in their lives. Like they, you know, we've kind of moved away, haven't we, from yes. the religious ethic of the past? So. So, but does Jesus really even matter anymore? So here's the approach I decided to take when I was first examining Jesus. I didn't even know what, well, granted, I wanted to know, does the Bible tell me, tell me anything true, okay, about Jesus? But if I wasn't willing to read the Bible, is there still a way to know that Jesus is who Christians think he is, even if you had not a single page of the New Testament? And that's really what I try to do in this new book, right? Because I've had a number of these cases, like, for example, these are usually called no-body murders, where you have a husband who kills his wife, maybe, and then gets rid of her body, and then five years goes by, and, and you've got no crime scene, and no body, and no evidence from a crime scene, no physical evidence. How do you make a case like that in front of a jury? Well, what you typically do is you say, hey, on the day that she went missing, a, a bomb went off, something bad happened. And, but there was a long fuse that was burning up to that bomb, and then there's a bunch of fallout after the bomb exploded. Sure. So what we can do is tell you what happened on the day she went missing based on nothing but the fuse and the fallout. And oh. we just begin to unwrap the fuse and the fallout for our juries. Interesting. Okay, so you then, do the same thing with Jesus. That's the question. And yes, you could do the exact same thing with Jesus. So then you've done that. You've delved deep. So clearly, outside of the pages of the Bible, the historical record of Jesus Christ exists. Well, let's put it this way. If you destroyed every single New Testament document, so there was no evidence in the crime scene, so to speak, so you got not a single Bible exists, and not even the ancient manuscripts exist. There's nothing. It's all been destroyed by some nefarious future government, okay? You could still reconstruct the story of Jesus from just the fuse of history, which led up to the appearance of Jesus, really? and the fallout of history that followed Jesus. In other words, you could reconstruct the details 
of Jesus' life, his ministry, his virgin birth, his death on a cross, his resurrection, all of that. And you can get that. And it turns out that the most important things that you, as an atheist, the most important stuff that mattered to me was, you know, literature, um, arts. I was, you know, a trained artist before I became a detective, uh, music, um, education, science. These are areas we typically think, well, those are not like religious areas, right? Those are like, they become quite secular in our environment. But it turns out that it was Jesus and his followers who set the foundation for those five aspects of culture, and including other world religions. Other world religions all identify and recognize Jesus in one way or another. Even though Jesus makes no room for them, they often make room for Jesus. He's had a huge impact. And not only that, I try to show you how you can reconstruct the story. Believe it or not, you can reconstruct the story of Jesus and Jesus in detail. Perhaps the most amazing detail from scientists, not from... The church fathers. Oh, sure. You have to know your history, and you have to know the kind of impact that Jesus and his followers have had on the sciences. And that's what we try to do in this book is say, hey, look, forget about the New Testament. If you don't trust it, all the stuff you do love, it turns out you just didn't know were deeply impacted by Jesus and his followers. And you could reconstruct the impact from the impact, what, who it was that catalyzed all of those things. And it turns out – this is the biggest question I have for you is this. When you see the kind of impact that Jesus has had on history, how in the world can you can you, can you account oh, yeah, for it? I agree. Yeah. With this 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 prophet, you know, this ancient sage from a small part of the Roman Empire, born in a small city, basically never went much further than 200 miles from where he was born, raised in another meaningless small anonymous city, uh, from a, a mother who was uh, disparaged uh, uh, from poverty and no real opportunities to get the kind of education most of us would think, never led an army, never wrote a book, never commanded a country. Yeah. Yet this is the guy who changes history forever. How could that be? And that's why I think you could actually make a case for the deity of Christ just from the fuse and the fallout. And I love this, Jim, because what you've chosen is, I mean, like you said, many people would refuse to read the Bible for whatever reason, right? And right. even if they did read the Bible, they would poo-poo it as, though it's just a bunch of uh, fairy tales. It's a pack of lies. It's just misinformation. But you can see this. I mean, you know, as a cold case homicide detective, I think, you know, I, I love you because you're, you're just qualified to dig deep to find that thread and start to peel back the truth of the matter. And that's what you're doing. Well, and a lot of this is it, it, it'll be helpful, I think, for those of us, either number one, who have forgotten the kind of impact that Jesus had. But, but more than just show you the impact, I guess give you one, one level of this. For example, how can you reconstruct Jesus from education? Well, it turns out that the top 15 universities on any measurements uh, you, you use online end up being universities that were founded by Christ followers. Why? Because the university as you know it, the modern university, emerged out of the cathedral schools and the monasteries of Christendom. And they showed up in three places, Paris, Oxford, and Bologna. Those three locations are where all of the major universities we know today kind of spring and have their roots there. And it turns out the top 15 schools today are still those schools that were founded. They may not be teaching anything that has to do with Christian principles, but they were founded by Christians. And it turns out the first buildings in which they met were largely chapels and other kinds of religious buildings. They still exist on those campuses. If you visited the campuses of the top 15 schools and just reconstructed the story of Jesus from what you see written or depicted on the buildings of the campus. 
you could reconstruct the story of Jesus. <laughs> so it that. turns out, unless you're willing to destroy every modern top 15 university, you are not going to erase Jesus from history because he's in more than the pages of the New Testament. He's on university campuses. Fabulous. Okay, so Jim, one of the great things, you know, in, in addition to being a cold case homicide detective, like you said earlier, you did not grow up in the faith. I mean, you were an atheist, and I would say in, in the multiple conversations we've had over the years, you're pretty much a hardcore atheist. But, you know, using these skills now, I mean, I love the testimony of someone who did not believe and then does believe, and you do it without the Bible. Yeah, and I, that's because that was my, my, my kind of my hitch in the get-along, whereas I was not willing to let you go there. Um, and a lot of that's because I had uh, people in my own life, uh, and my, my half-sisters and half-brothers were all raised LDS. They're all Mormon, because my, my dad's second wife is LDS. My dad's a very pretty committed atheist, but he, his wife is LDS. And so I thought, okay, I, I, everyone's got scripture, right? I mean, you got your scripture. I got, well, why don't I believe any of this nonsense? And as a matter of fact, it's because it involves supernatural elements. I didn't think it was worthy of consideration, and that alone was enough for me to say I'm out. You, know, you, might, you might be able to reconstruct um, the, the foundational locations mentioned in the story of Peter Pan in England, but you're not going to convince me Peter Pan really lived. So don't use your little, you know, your little uh, the Jedi mind trick related to, to archaeology or whatever you're going There's archaeology for England, but it does not demonstrate that Peter Pan is, is, was a real figure. So right. I would have rejected all of that. But if, a lot of it is... Like I was an artist, okay. I, my my degree is in design and in architecture, and I remember in the '80s going with my wife to Europe and visiting important architectural buildings in Europe. And you know what most of them were? Hmm. Churches, okay. Hmm. It turns out that some of the most fabulous art in architecture uh, is is done by Christ followers. Yeah. And the Renaissance was led by Christ followers. The scientific revolution was led by Christ followers. And people will say, well, yeah, because everyone was a Christian then. Well, no, that's not true. Globally, there were far more, far, far more non-Christians than Christians, but the scientific revolution did not occur in Asia. It did not occur in Persia. It did not occur in any – it occurred in Christendom in Europe. Why? Why there? Because it turns out there's a catalyst for science that Jesus laid the foundation for what catalyzed and created this huge revolution in science – you can trace it right back to Christ and his followers. Fabulous. Okay, so Jim, we just have a few minutes left, but you've had that moment in your life, right, where as that cold case homicide detective, you're traveling in Europe with your wife, you see the architecture. Do you remember that moment where you were like, yeah, there's truth here? Well, it didn't happen there. It didn't happen for another probably 15 years. But, but I will tell you that when we finally, I finally became a Christian, I, I can now see clearly the things I could not have seen before. You have a tendency to walk by a lot of stuff that you attribute to chance and sure. to, to the, the modern medicine, when in fact it's actually God's miraculous intervention. But you don't see those things unless you are God-sensitive. And you're not going to be God-sensitive if you're just in the process of denying God's existence. And that's where I was for a lot of years. But that does change. Once you've got good re- – for me, I needed good reason to believe this was true, aside from what you Christians were you know, showing me in your Scripture, because I knew that I had Mormon family that would like to show me what they have in their Scripture. I had the high uh, professor wanting to show me this, you know, whatever. Sure, sure. So. That's fabulous. Person of interest, why Jesus still matters in a world that rejects the Bible, uh, soon to be released. Jim, when's the do- uh, drop date? 
Well, it doesn't even drop till September, but I'll tell you that uh, you can go to personofinterestbook.com, personofinterestbook.com. We've got a ton of free materials we want to send you if you pre-order the book, and that's really you know, kind of where we are right now. We're in that pre-order stage, and hundreds have already pre-ordered it. I really appreciate everyone who has it, personofinterestbook.com. Fabulous. Jim, always a great pleasure. Thanks so much. Love your ministry. Keep up the great work. Thanks, John. I appreciate you. Thank you. Jay Warner Wallace. He's a cold case, Dateline featured, homicide detective, person of interest, coming soon. Remember what it was like getting together with your partner for a fabulous night out? It's been too long. Join Word FM aboard the Gateway Clippers Princess for our date night dinner cruise, Wednesday, August 25th. From 6.30 to 9, relax in the company of fellow believers while you enjoy a great dinner, music, and fabulous views of the city skyline. Sponsored in part by Trinity Jewelers. Just $45 a ticket. Don't miss the boat. Reserve your seat now at wordfm.com slash date night. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows? your home or office choose from 100 vinyl commercial aluminum wood and composite and how would you like to never clean your gutters again for a limited time get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement offer valid through 83121 all with 12 months no interest no processing fee and backed by the best warranty in the industry schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windows that is windows we've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe QDOT has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Looking for a school that supports your goals as Christian parents? Cornerstone Prep in West Mifflin is partnering with this station to offer half off your first year's tuition. For families across 15 South Hills districts, this makes a true discipleship-modeled approach to education twice as affordable. Elementary through high school graduation, now offering five-day pre-K for three- and four-year-olds. Cornerstone Prep, preparing Christian students for life after graduation. Get half off a year's tuition while it lasts at wordfm.com tuitions. The facts about abortion are startling. This is Dr. David Stevens of the Christian Medical Association. Too often tests, like amniocentesis, become a justification for taking life rather than helping the child. Did you know 9 out of 10 parents after learning an unborn child has Down syndrome abort their child? Killing the unwanted or imperfect is simply wrong. You see it often. When there is a, a violent loss of life, a tragedy, here in the city of Pittsburgh, a tree of life, it takes a long time for the 
powers that be, the community and the organization, in this case the synagogue, to come together and enact a plan to still have the site exist in some way. Sometimes the site is completely just eradicated, right, the Amish schoolhouse. But in the Tree of Life instance, the building will remain and it will be used again as a house of worship in some form. So I've been thinking about the the condominium collapse in Surfside, Florida. I think it's been about three weeks. And, of course, it is still an active scene as uh, slowly those people are sifting through the concrete rubble and trying to find people who are still buried beneath the tons and tons of concrete and steel. But as that is ongoing, there are people now in the faith community and within the community itself who are gathering together to say, how will this site survive afterwards? Will it be turned into a memorial? Will there be a a holy place where people can gather? Because I believe when there is an instance like that, I mean, look at what happened at uh, Flight 93 in Shanksville. When you go out and visit that, it is a holy site. And I think so for a lot of people. The violent end of God's creation, it requires a response that lifts up those who are left behind and provides a space of comfort, a place of ease for those who are left behind to go and visit and to sit in prayer and repose, to give thanks to the Creator and to honor those who have been left. So you wonder, the Surfside Florida condominium collapse is another opportunity, as we talked about throughout the show, of people gathering together to honor the Lord and to lift up who we are as a people with Christ in the middle. That's our purpose. I hope that you pick up that thread as well. Thanks for being with us today. Have yourself a great night, and God willing, we'll see you same time tomorrow. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.